The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Big Story. I'm Harianto Diman. Subscribe to The Straits Times channel so you will not miss an episode. A new study on the homeless situation in Singapore has found that the number of homeless people fell slightly last year during the second year of the COVID-19 pandemic compared to the first study done in 2019. The second nationwide street count of the homeless year found 1,036 people last year, down from the 1,115 people in 2019. Now, this is about a 7% decrease. According to the study, the homeless can be found sleeping in most parts of Singapore, from Bedok to Jurong West to Ishun. But more of them were found in larger, older and poorer neighbourhoods. The study also identified three distinct groups among the homeless. First, the long-term homeless persons who have been rough sleeping even before the pandemic. Second, the newly homeless persons who have not slept in public places before the pandemic. And the third group, the transnational homeless persons who are Singaporeans who were living overseas. They frequently travelled here before the pandemic for work or visa renewal and were displaced by border closures in 2020. Dr. Ng Kok Ho, who led the team of researchers in this study, joins me now. He is a senior research fellow at the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dr. Ng, your study found that across the three groups, uh, there were common factors that contributed to their homelessness. Uh, which ones stood out the most to you? You know, say the differences across the three groups are in terms of shades, not colors, um, which means to say that there are, they have more in common um, than they have differences. Uh, the causes of homelessness across all three groups of uh, interviewees uh, have to do with firstly a breakdown in social relationships, um, often involving the loss of the matrimonial home, um, sometimes one, one party leaving the home, um, moving across a number of short-term housing arrangements, uh, before eventually uh, rough sleeping. Uh, the second reason has to do with economic precarity. So we saw among the interviewees, uh, quite a number of them who are doing, uh, insecure, low-wage jobs, such as cleaning, security, and so on. Um, so when someone loses access to the family home and is also unable to afford uh, other housing options, then they suddenly find themselves uh, without options. The third uh, main driver of homelessness uh, is institutional in nature, uh, meaning the lack of access to uh, adequate housing options. Uh, this has to do with the, the insecurity and instability of open market rentals, of depending on family and friends for lodging, as well as critically uh, problems to do with public rental housing, right? So those are the commonalities. Uh, in terms of the differences, uh, it is their housing histories. Uh, long-term homeless people, those who had slept rough even before the pandemic started, they tended to have very poor experiences of public rental housing in the past. Uh, whereas uh, among newly homeless persons um, who had no history of rough sleeping and only entered the shelter after the pandemic started, they usually depended on a mix of uh, family and friends as well as open market rentals. 
And of course, a third group, the transnational homeless people, uh, the nature of their housing insecurity has to do with uh, disruptions to their commuting routines because many of them lived in Malaysia or Indonesia, uh, but commuted regularly to Singapore for work, uh, but they do not have housing in Singapore. So when borders close, they suddenly found themselves homeless. So, uh, Dr. With the data that you've gathered from the study, how do you see it influencing policies on homelessness in Singapore? Always, uh, homelessness, the first step is always uh, identifying homeless people and reaching out to them. And I think we saw during the uh, pandemic, especially during the circuit breaker, how effective it was when frontline public agencies are mobilized and they are coordinated in reaching out to, to rough sleepers and quickly referring them to the network of uh, temporary shelters. Uh, one lesson that we can draw from this experience is that uh, when frontline agencies, and, and by this we are thinking about uh, NPARCs, um, the police, hospitals, uh, the social service officers, for example. Uh, these are all agencies that regularly have opportunity to encounter homeless people. Uh, when I think they, they make uh, a special effort to look out for people with housing problems uh, and then refer them to social work services and housing support, it can make a huge difference. Uh, the second area is, of course, housing options. Exits from homelessness will always require access to adequate housing options. And in Singapore, uh, where, uh, where housing is dominated by home ownership, public rental housing is, is the most feasible option and, and almost the last safety net for homeless people. Uh, currently, the joint singles scheme uh, which requires uh, two single applicants to share a one-room flat in a public rental system. Um, it creates conflict and unfortunately contributes directly to homelessness. So that practice hopefully can end. Uh, in terms of income eligibility, uh, the income limit of $1,500 uh, was last set in 2003. And so now it's lagging a long way behind actual living standards. So that needs to be revised. And I hope uh, very much that homelessness or the risk of homelessness can become a formal qualifying condition for public rental housing. Dr. Ng Kok Ho, he's a senior research fellow at the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy.